uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Since biblical times, man has witnessed and recorded strange manifestations in the sky and speculated on the possibilities of visitors from another world. Today, from the skies of California, the fields of Kansas, the rice paddies of the Orient, the air lanes of the world, come persistent reports of UFOs, unidentified flying objects which we have come to know as flying saucers. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we're going to be talking about alien invasions, either in film and or on TV. Straight away, let's kick it up to the satellite. Karen, what do you have to say about alien invasions? Uh, take it away. <laughs> well, you know, alien invasions, it's not something we look forward to, but it does happen <laughs> fairly frequently. And, uh, you know, we have to be prepared for these things as we are here on Planet 8. We, uh, we have all sorts of uh, detection systems and to keep our, our planet uh, safe from especially those invaders from Planet 10. Oh, yes. Um, well, but, we're, uh, we're the first line of defense. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's tough business. But, uh, well, you know, there's been so many different films and TV shows that have dealt with alien invasion. It's hard to, like, single out films, and I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of them here. This is um, true. One thing that I was always intrigued by and never had seen very many episodes of was a 1960s show called The Invaders. Ah, a uh, Quinn Martin production. A Quinn Martin production, yeah. You know, Quinn Martin uh, produced a lot of uh, shows back in the 60s, 70s, and uh, probably the most famous being The Fugitive. And, it, uh, yeah, they'd always open the show with the title of the show and then Quinn Martin production, and well, they was, were usually broken down into, like, acts. Usually they were, like... Uh, like detective or police dramas, or yeah, no. police procedurals, or and that whole the you know the whole fugitive format with the man on the run. You know, we saw that mimicked so many times. Like the Incredible Hulk was a, another one that was very similar. And um, I I remembered sort of seeing the invaders on and off in different places. I I want to say that when the Sci-Fi Network first started, the original Sci-Fi, I want to say that they might have shown it, uh, but that could be a that could be a false memory. I'm not sure. Uh, but I went back and I did some some viewing. There's some episodes on YouTube. And there is actually DVDs available uh, if you can find them. I have but the, the set. <laughs> the, the concept for those not in the know is that uh, 
this guy, uh, David Vincent, he's an architect. So he's a, you know, this upstanding citizen, basically one night he's driving back. It's basically like early in the morning, he's driving back from, uh, some, uh, some other town. He's, you know, it's, he's tired and he pulls off to the side of the road to get a little, uh, shut eye. And then he witnesses this UFO landing and then he gets caught up in, uh, this, uh, whole conspiracy of these aliens who have started infiltrating our society. And so he winds up leaving his job and trying to, uh, prove this alien conspiracy. And, and, uh, the show is really interesting. It's like they, he kind of, it's sort of mimics the fugitive format and that he's running around from place to place. No one really believes him when he's trying to tell them about the, the alien invasion, the uh, the aliens can look like humans, but they have some uh, idiosyncrasies. One thing being that, uh, oddly enough, like the pinky finger on their hands doesn't bend normally, and so a lot of times their their finger is sticking out. So they're British. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you hand them a cup of tea, their finger will. Stick. Oh my! <laughs> oh, oh, you've discovered me. Um, oh, that's good. And they also tend to not be emotional, so they're kind of uh, flat. They have a flat effect. But uh, it, it was really interesting to watch uh, the show. I, I and I actually want to watch more episodes now. And of course, the whole thing tied in a lot to the kind of Cold War mm. uh, paranoia of the time. Um, you can really see how much this would influence later things like X-Files and, and the actor who played David Vincent, Roy Finnis was on the X-Files later on. So hmm. Chris Carter, obviously just like how he brought, um, Darren McGavin from, uh, Night Stalker on the show, you know, he, right. he was going back to his sources. Uh, the UFO that appeared in the show was based off of, um, you know, supposedly real UFOs, uh, some famous photos of UFOs that had been taken in uh, the sixties. And it had, it was kind of, it was really cool looking. I wish I got the model kit. I don't know if either of mm. you ever had the model kit. Not I. Nope. Okay. So, uh, it had this like flat top and the, and a big round, uh, disc at the bottom and it had these like five little bulges uh, under the disc and but it, it has some really neat visuals um when uh, the invaders would would die because they couldn't hold human form for a long time if, or if they got injured they would like glow red and then like disintegrate hmm. oh and the music um was by dominic frontier who also did the music for outer limits so it had this really kind of uh. Yeah, that kind of uh, weird, creepy kind of sound to it. So uh, even though I, I haven't seen, there was 43 episodes over two seasons in 67 and 68. Even though I haven't seen it all, I actually, I really have enjoyed the episodes I've watched so far. So hmm. um, as as alien invasions go, I would uh, I would recommend this, this show. Very cool. You know, I've never seen a single episode of The Invaders. Oh, really? Nope. So I will yeah. I will add that to my list and have to check out. You should check it uh, out. It's uh, it's really well done, I think. And, and there's a lot of guest stars you'd recognize, like uh, the mm. shows I saw. I saw Roddy McDowell. Oh, uh, Suzanne Plachette. Cool. 
Um, and uh, I know in later episodes, there's like Gene Hackman and Peter Graves. Huh. Um, so, yeah, all, all the people, you know, that yeah. you'd recognize from that era are in there. You know, I'm going to have to question myself now every time my pinky is straight, whether I'm drinking or <laughs> picking my nose. I'm going to be like, oh, no. I'm an alien. Am I, am I, am I an alien? alien? Blimey. <clears throat> I have very fond memories of hanging out with Walker and, uh, uh, you know, we'd have movie nights and one of the movies was uh, Teenagers from Outer Space. I think that was the title. Um, yeah. And it was about these teenagers uh, from outer space. Very, very cheap budget. Walker, do you remember the creature? It was basically a lobster that was backlit and they'd have the shadow and they'd kind of shake it towards people. Did you see that? Well, one? yeah, they also had the cool ray where they'd, right. they'd shoot people and they'd just turn to bones. And, All right. And then yeah. you'd have like a skeleton like yeah. laying on the ground where the people were. In fact, the dog was the first victim, right? That's right. And he comes out of the spaceship and That's he zaps right. the dog. The dog's barking at him, so he zaps it. And yeah, yeah. Turns to bones and falls. Pile of bones. My other favorite uh, alien invasion show with Karen was an episode of South Park, where Cartman, oh. uh, the visitors, <laughs> and oh, yeah. Uh, the, you know, instead of probing, they were sticking stuff up as hoobajube, uh, according to Chef. Uh, just if you haven't seen that episode, I, I do highly recommend it. it. It is. I'm not a fan of South Park, but that episode did uh, did entertain me tremendously. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bob, what, what do you have for us, Chief? Well, I was looking more into movies than TV. Ah, the cinema. The cinema. I went the cinema route. <laughs> Although for TV, I, I have to mention UFO. I never saw that oh, either. Yeah. What? You never saw no. UFO? Oh, my. I know. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that, too. UFO is one of the best sci-fi series you're ever going to check. Uh, well, you know, we didn't have an antenna array circling my planet when, when I was growing <sighs> up. We just, a lot of stuff. It's on did. DVD and everything else. Um, no, yeah, no. It was, it was very cool. Shadow was the organization that was protecting the Earth from the invading aliens. And they had a, you know... A moon base, and they had an oh. undersea sub and everything else, and it's very cool. Jerry He's, Anderson, who did like Thunderbirds mm-hmm. and Space nineteen ninety nine and all that. In fact, UFO was the predecessor to Space nineteen ninety nine. Well, you sold me with Moon Base. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in. Well, it's funny well, because well, the Moon Base, all the uh, <clears throat> all the women on the Moon Base, all wear these purple wigs and these really tight <laughs> like silver spandex suits, and, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a cool show. But I digress. I basically concentrated more on movies. Ah. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, when I was in, like, high school, junior high and high school, I was really into the whole UFO and gray aliens and Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, the whole mythos of that. And so, yeah, I definitely watched my share of, of alien invasion movies. Uh, which started with things like like The Thing from Another World or The Day the Earth Stood Still. I mean, with Gort and uh, Clay right. 2. And um, that's, you know, def- definitely a classic. The Bernard Herrmann score for that, and mm-hmm. the Theremin score, is amazing. Uh, there's also things that got in the 50s. You had, like, I Married a Monster from Outer Space. <laughs> and also, and, you know, it's, and it's funny because that had, does have a connection to Another favorite of mine, I've talked before, I was a teenage werewolf. Uh, James Fowler 
directed both. And oh. it's basically his German shepherd that attacks a teenage werewolf mm-hmm. and also his German shepherd that attacks aliens at the end of uh, <laughs> I Married a Monster from Outer Space. It's a shared universe. Bring the dog. Bring your dog in whenever you can. I, he probably got extra money for his dog. <laughs> um, what else was there? I just watched The Brain from Planet Eros last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was, that was a classic. With genre favorite John Agar. John Agar. John Agar. Oh, yeah. Can't beat that. And, uh, yeah, you have these two floating brains that come from Eros. And uh, one is good and one is evil. The evil one takes over John Agar. And uh, he's able to, with his mind, basically burn people and blow planes out of the sky. And oh, my. He claims he can do the same to, like, cities and countries and continents. And so he tries to uh, take over the world before the good brain Mm. comes in to to save the day. And that's actually once he uh spoiler alert, he has to like leave John Agar's body every twenty four hours to kind of rejuvenate. All these alien like uh, rules. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he he leaves it towards the end and John Agar kinda comes to his senses and just starts smacking it with a axe or whatever. <laughs> kills it. But um God, what you know like I said, there's just so many. And then even going more towards modern films, you've got Mars attacks. I mean, I mean, that's a classic. Yeah. Independence Day. Think what you will about Devlin and Emmerich, but they did have one good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God, what else? What else did we have? We had uh, I I tried to watch. There was a film called Occupation. I tried to watch last night, but uh, I can't start movies after nine o'clock because I keep dozing off. Mm -hmm. It looked good. It looked okay. It was like an Aussie film. Hmm. From what I saw of it, uh, I also watched uh, Attack on the Block, which was uh, British hmm. and starred a young John Boyega oh. and uh, yeah, and Nick Frost, who was in like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was good. It was, you know, British. It was this building called The Block mm-hmm. and it's mostly like lower income. So you have like gang members in there and you've got like a a whole kind of drug lab up on the 19th floor, which is like a <laughs> fortress. So they're able to kind of hold up in there for a while. And so it's, you got this alien invasion going on and, um, you know, so kind of the gang is like stuck in the middle of the whole thing, trying to, trying to stop the aliens. Hmm. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched Slither. That's a good one too. Oh my God. Have you guys both seen Slither? I have Walker. No. Oh, man, that Kevin D'Antonio and I saw it in the theater when it came out. We came out just loving it. And it stars Nathan Fillion, who was in Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's, it takes place in a small kind of hick town. And uh, it's really a throwback kind of to kind of 80s drive-in type movies. Right. And same kind of feeling. Oh, Michael Rooker. He's yeah. also in the film. He is. And he's like cheating on his wife. He's out in the forest with this other girl. And, you know, they find this meteor that hit and he goes poking at it. Never a good thing to do. Never a thing. He never watched the blob. He never, <laughs> never realized. Don't poke an alien uh, meteor. But, yeah, it's like this big. It opens up and it shoots him in the chest with this uh, pointy thing that, like, makes it up to his brain. And he kind of becomes the the leader of mm-hmm. this whole invasion 
and uh, basically he finds he he basically also takes over the woman who is like ravenous for meat and just eats and eats and eats. So when Nathan Fillion finds her in this barn, she's a mess. She takes up like the entire barn. Yeah. And she's really starts, gross. I don't feel good. And no. her skin starts splitting and all of a sudden she just blows up and all these little slugs come, alien slugs come out. Mm. And, although they're really fast. And they head to the town and start taking over the town folk. And and it's, so it's more, it's not like the aliens coming to Earth. It's like, you know, the aliens it's sort of impregnating everyone. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of parasitic. Is yeah, yeah. So that, and again, you know, it's a lot of practical effects and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, just cool scenes that, and it's funny because... Do you know who the director was? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, it was James Gunn. That's right. Which is probably why Michael Rooker got to come back as Yondu in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy movies. But That's uh, true. Yeah. That's uh, a good film. Yeah, I remember. Well, actually, when I was a young lad, I had chicken pox. I couldn't leave the house and couldn't go to school. So I'd sit at home and watch TV all day. And back then they had the Twilight Zone on Channel 44. And one of my earliest uh, recollections of aliens invading planet Earth was a Twilight Zone episode. The monsters are due on Maple Street. You remember that episode, Karen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, classic. Right. Because we never saw the aliens until the end of the episode. And uh, they basically, and it was, you know, of course, Cold War. But I rewatched that last week. And it kind of ties into what's going on in today's society, I thought. What do you think, Karen? I mean, you think there's like some relevance still to that old tale? Oh, yeah. I mean, the way it's structured, it it could probably fit almost any time. But uh yeah, I think right now, yeah, it's fairly important. Earthlings are so gullible. It, yeah, I mean, it, and at one point, so the, we find out at the end of the episode that there are these two aliens and the one was showing the other that if you just flick the lights off and on and, you know, make some sounds and the, the humans just kind of tear each other apart and they start suspecting each other. Um, it's a really, really good episode. Um I uh, highly recommend it. The Twilight Zone did a lot of good alien invasion episodes. Well, that was even the inspiration for, uh, was it Kang and Kodos on The Simpsons? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. I think they were just a one-shot thing in the first Treehouse of Terror where, uh, or Treehouse of Horror where it's, uh, they were just, they showed up and it was like a takeoff on that. Right. And then they ended up being like regulars on every one of them. Uh, it was a reoccurring. Like, yeah, recurring and popping yeah. up. Another good episode I liked was To Serve Man. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it was at a toy show or something, Bob, where uh, Richard Keel, he was there and he was older in age. I think you were at the show, too. And he needed help getting his um, scooter. He was, well, he had, was it osteoporosis, which yeah. a lot of very tall actors get. He was our guest at a James Bond show we did oh. in 2007. Get it? 2007. <laughs> and uh, he nicest guy. Just really nice guy. He was. He, yeah, he would go around. He'd basically move around in a scooter. 
his assistant asked if if we could help, you know, get him into his car and put the scooter no, away. That assistant was his wife. Oh, yeah, she would go. She would go to all the shows with him. And it was so cool because. You know, I'm watching the episode now and I watch some of the James Bond films and it's like, wow, I kind of had this like little five minute personal connection with this iconic actor. Yeah, we ended up we took him and his wife out to dinner the night before the Bond show mm. at this restaurant at the top of the Hilton Hotel in San Francisco. Ooh. And we thought, oh, God, we're going to go broke. You know, <laughs> and he and his wife split a salad. It was like amazing. Wow. Yeah. So that is pretty good. He had great stories of all the roles that he played because he was in Twilight Zone and James Bond and Bewitched and the Monkeys and just tons of things back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was on a lot Happy of stuff. Happy Gilmore. He was in there. The, the Silver funny, Streak. Yeah. The funny thing with this episode is the look that the, what was it, a Canamite? I think was the name of the alien. Can- right? Yeah. Canamit. Canamit. Yeah. Karen, didn't the face he would talk mechanically he says you know they use their thoughts but that look on his face why do you think they characterized that alien species with that like he looked kind of bored just kind of blank <laughs> look yeah well i guess no emotion just total lack of emotion i guess you just look bored resting bored face i guess well, and, and if they're thinking of human beings as basically animals Oh, that's uh, true. You're not going to express a lot of emotion towards a cow or a chicken, so yeah, <laughs> that's true. It, it was a it was a fun episode, and it's like um, my wife she hadn't seen this before, and it worked. You know, it's like to serve men, and she's like, "Oh, okay, oh, that's very nice of them." And it's like, "No, it's a cookbook," <laughs> and she's like, "Holy crap, they're eating us!" I'm like, "Exactly, that was a great episode." But it's nice to know that uh, some of those those uh, shock endings right? still have an impact on people still work, all these yeah. years later. Yeah. Well, that's just a sign it's, of great writing. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. You know, and Karen, I was thinking the um, invaders you were talking about kind of reminded me of the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, and it wasn't yeah. the pinkies that was to tell, but they were kind of emotionally disconnected. Um, right. Well, that's also a couple of movies we should touch on because the, inv- the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers is definitely a classic with Kevin McCarthy and the yes. whole thing. But the 70s remake with Donald Sutherland uh, and that and Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy yes. And that one. Yeah, I don't usually like remakes and things. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm all for that one. I mean, that was great. Did, did you see that in the cinema? Oh, yeah. How about you, Karen? Uh, I think I didn't. I don't think I saw the, the second one in the movies because I, I think I was a little young. But I, I know I saw it on, uh, you know, a few years later. I, I mean, think- the thing, we have two different types of invasions, right? Uh-huh. You've got the... The uh, secret invasion, mm-hmm. you know, where they're infiltrating us and we don't even know it. And then you've got the kind of massive armed invasion um, where they're flying in and they're flying saucers and blowing shit up. Oh, oops, excuse me, blowing stuff up. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I... I yeah, the, I I find that I, almost the infiltration more frightening than the uh, 
the big violent invasion, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, like in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, it's so scary because you don't know like who's who and you don't know, is it going to happen to you? Or are you going right. to lose your identity? Um, it's, you know, it's more creepy. Who can you trust and right. who's already taken? Well, I think a lot of that started with the Red Scare back in the 50s. Yes. Oh, for sure. Whereas yeah. like who's communist and who isn't and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And, right. And basically... They took that from what was happening and put it on the screen and in Invasion of the Body Snatchers and also in Invaders from Mars, mm-hmm. where you have everyone is being taken over. And the only way you can tell is you can see this little like, you know, wound on the back of their neck where mm-hmm. uh, the, the thing went in. But, uh, yeah, so it was definitely ripped out of the pages of reality and put onto the screen. But it's still something that seems to permeate today so well yeah and i think one of actually probably my favorite in that vein is john carpenter's they live um oh yeah from 1988 Mm -hmm. with rowdy rowdy piper and keith david um oh my gosh that is such a great film it is and you talk about still being relevant i mean oh yeah i was gonna try to watch that last night but i was gonna have to pay like 3.99 to amazon so I, I bought it. Uh, I've got I've got my hard copy now because I, I have a copy as well. All right, yeah. I'll probably have to do that route. I'm kind of in the mode these days. If I have to pay something, I want something. Yeah. So I want a disc or whatever, but or yeah. Ultraman bust. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, we uh, we could probably do a well. I don't know if we could do a whole show on why we actually have physical media, but I know all three of us are still big proponents of physical media. But uh, right. yeah, I, I've got my uh, Blu-ray of They Live. And uh, I mean, that's just that's just a great film. I think that's one of Carpenter's best. You know, I'd mm-hmm. put it up there with The Thing even because uh, just the portrayal of uh, you know, this unknowing society. And, and once he's got the glasses that he, and he puts them on and you see all the, the commands there, right. That are around <laughs> yeah. us all the time. Um, consume. Yeah. Consume, obey. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, uh, you can, you can think about that and like, Oh wow. You know, in a lot of ways there are all these subtle cues around us all the time and who is controlling our society? You know, right. who is it the people we think, it is or is it people behind the scenes and and of course there's that classic fist fight oh, between yeah and it just goes on and on but it's so <laughs> and in some ways i i like it so much more than any of these big cgi fights in these movies because it's just two guys beating the crap out of each other it's so real or it feels so real you know it's so visceral um yeah that's that's just such a great a paranoid classic. That is. It was a strong statement, too, that you put that up there with The Thing. It's like alien invasions and and different set of actors, because this was Roddy Roddy Piper's first and I think only starring role. He may have had some other films that he was in, but I can't, I, thought, I can't name any others, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he, it's not like he's a great actor or anything, but you he know. was good in this though. I, I really, you know, I think about what you said and I, I'd have to agree. Well, he was, he was just authentic. It seemed like yeah. he, you know, he was a real, real guy, but it, they didn't require a lot from him in it, you know, but the, the whole thing, it's just a, uh, 
it gets under your skin, you know, when you start thinking about it. Mm. It, it does uh, it does a good job uh, in conveying that message and, and that, uh, you know, we're, we're being taken over. Um, Bob had mentioned earlier a film. Uh, um, what was the name of the two directors? Uh, at least they directed one good film, Emmerich and. Uh, oh, Devlin and Emmerich. Devlin and Emmerich. Yeah. Um, there was a mini series and I, I only got to watch like a couple of episodes back in the 80s. It was V. Oh, and, V. Yeah. yeah. Robert Englund. Yeah, and, I, I uh, watched it back when it was on and I don't think I've yeah. seen it since. Right. Because it was a mini series and then it became a, oh, yeah. a series. Oh, God. And his name eludes me. Uh, the Beastmaster uh, was in it, too. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. Thank you, Walker. <laughs> um and, you know, it told a tale of these alien ships going over, you know, these major planets on Earth and um, basically just, you know, taking over. And um, there were these pods of resistance fighters, you know, that would go against uh, the, the visitors or, you know, the aliens. And uh, the queen or leader, I remember she ate a rat or oh, a yeah. mouse, you know, it was this oh, huge yeah. thing. And they, you know, when you scratched them, turns out that they're you know, it was a mask and they really were like these lizard kind of um, reminded me of from Land of the Lost, those uh, sleeve sack thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Robert England uh, mm -hmm. played the benevolent, good, friendly alien yeah, and, and so wanted funny. to help us. It was. He did such a good job. And it was so hard to watch him as Freddy Krueger, you know, <laughs> after that when it was like, he's really a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. What happened? But yeah, if, if you guys ever get a chance to, uh, listeners, if you get a chance to watch that miniseries, it's out there. Uh, $4.99 on Amazon, well, Bob. <laughs> Do they, I get a disc making, or no? I mean, as I remember it, I think the producers of that, and I don't remember, unfortunately, I don't remember who they were. But I think at the time they said that it was sort of a commentary on um, – like World War II, what happened to the Jews, uh, Nazism, the people who kind of uh, just gave in and, and turned a blind eye. And, you know, they they had a lot of political uh, conceits behind it. And uh, so, you know, again, they were they were making real world connections. Yeah. Uh, it, Karen, and, I have my notes here. It was Kenneth Johnson and Brandon Tartikoff. Oh, yeah. Well, Kenneth Johnson, you know, he did a lot of stuff. He did, in, I think, Incredible Hulk. Right. Um, as well. So. there, Right. Yeah. There was a lot of thought that went into this. And, and it was a quality. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it didn't last as a series. Um, it, it worked best as a miniseries, you know, because there I, had. I to, think you're right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you couldn't. You can only go so, just, so far with that story. I, I just remember that when you you're talking about. Um, I think it was Diana was the um, Diana, the woman, the, the villainous. Um, when she ate that rat, that was one of those moments where the next day in school, all yeah. the kids were like, did you see she ate the rat? <laughs> People were freaking out. So it was that was a big uh, key moment for that was. series. It, it was like there who shot JR <laughs> moment, you know, it, it was ben, pretty cool. No. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that, that was a memorable series. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I go back to the Twilight Zone again. I had chicken pox for quite some time. It must there have was been like years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these episodes are a half hour long. <laughs> um, the Invaders. Um, I, I actually have some of the little action figures of the, you know, at the time you thought were like little aliens. Oh, is this the one with Agnes Moorhead? Yes. Not okay. to be confused with the Quinn Martin production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she she can't talk. You know, she she's mute, but she can hear. And she's in this, you know, shack cooking uh, you know, and she has a fireplace and a you know stove, and um, she hears this like crash and this weird sound. The key thing to this episode for me was her facial expressions and the music, because there wasn't a lot of dialogue with the. So what you thought were the aliens were actually astronauts from the United States Air Force, um, and and you know they're they're about God, what would you say, guys, three inches tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three or six or something. Yeah. yeah, and and they land on this planet of giants <laughs> who apparently can't talk. Um, but that was a fun episode. That was great acting, fantastic use of music and sound effects. And another great twist at the end. Another yeah. great twist As at usual. the end. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Did Sterling write that one? Um, yeah. Let me check the notes. I doubt that it. was a Matheson, Richard oh, Matheson okay. episode. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Excellent. But yeah, that was. Yeah, I can go on and on about. You know, there was Hocus Pocus and Fisbee's, another great episode that I like, where uh, guys, you know, sitting around with his friends, and he likes telling tall tales, you know, and uh, stories and such, and they they can sift through the BS, and you know, they call him on stuff, and he's like, no, no, I swear it was, you know, the truth, and. At the end of the day, and uh, he has this uh, customer come up and they wanted to buy some gas and um, he's telling them all these tall tales and they believe him. Well, the people in the car are aliens disguised as humans and they abduct Fisbee because they believe him to be this great leader of this planet and, you know, all this knowledge. Uh, long story short, they lock him up and the way he escapes, do you guys remember? Either Bob or Karen? Mm, yeah. I don't recall. He plays the harmonica <laughs> and the aliens are like, ah! <laughs> and uh, he's able to escape. Uh, and they're like, that death instrument, this Fisbee is greater than we, you know, imagined. And so they call off the invasion because... That's like Slim Whitman in Mars Attacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Very. The yodeling that uh, drove the aliens <laughs> crazy makes my head explode and also one of my favorite (laughs) alien invasion movies of course yes sir where a sound disrupts the aliens oh would be monster zero oh not what i was thinking (laughs) monster zero also invasion of the astro monsters but yeah no uh yeah kirakubo plays tetsui terry who's an inventor and Mm. amidst all the godzilla mayhem and all that he basically invents this little gadget that emits a sound that he originally thought would be like a like a personal alarm mm-hmm. but uh, Kumi Mizuno as one of the aliens comes and and buys his invention and basically the idea is just to squash it because it's <laughs> death to the aliens right yeah so when he's finally imprisoned by the aliens and in the same prison with Nick Adams uh, he, they basically figure out that yeah it was this 
this little lady guard alarm system that he invented that mm. disrupts the alien systems and they have to basically broadcast it over the radio and everyone has to turn their radios up and yeah. basically oh, disrupt the aliens. Or a good and, movie. Yeah, it's great. Hmm. It's on the DVD uh, or the Blu-ray it's in box that Blu-ray set, set, set that yeah. came out. Now I, I'm curious, Karen, because you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, what, did, what did you think <laughs> what, I was what, talking what? about? Aliens are very susceptible to sound, apparently. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because one of my favorite alien invasion movies that involves a sound weapon is Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Ah. Oh yes. Which is, uh, of course, Earth attention. Yes, yes. people of Earth attention. Um, to your son for a warning. It's, uh, of course, a Ray Harryhausen classic. Oh, yes. Um, you know, unusual because, you know, usually we're thinking about Harryhausen animating dinosaurs and monsters and stuff. And, of course, this time it's flying saucers. So mm. um, a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, you know, in that, the, the same thing, the uh, scientist invents this sonic weapon to bring down the UFOs. So they're racing all around Washington, D.C., aiming these sonic contraptions at the UFOs. And when they do that, the, the disks, which spin around some sort of axis uh, when they fly, which is really interesting, um, they start to wobble and tilt, and then they almost invariably crash into some sort of monument, um, and which collapses. Everything that's anything in Washington, they, right? They uh, basically run into. But I really, I really enjoy this film as a, a alien invasion film because it's got all those great early. Yeah. Those 50s uh, hallmarks of the whole UFO phenomenon, you know, the flying disc shape, uh, you know, the whole paranoia about being invaded and mm -hmm. the aliens. And uh, they've got some cool alien stuff in there. The aliens have to wear like these metal suits. So at first they look like robots. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they capture one or one gets killed and, and they... Uh, haul off its helmet and it's this really withered looking uh, big eyed alien which is pretty cool um, but yeah this this movie has a lot to uh, recommend it on it's a classic uh, just for the I think the novelty of the of Harryhausen doing the the UFOs is pretty neat definitely um, and they did come out with a colorized edition so there was a while there where they were you know colorizing some of Harryhausen's stuff with him being like a consultant on the, the films. And I have to say the colorized version was actually fairly good. I have to check uh, it out. One of, one of the times that I saw Ray Harryhausen, he, uh, he brought basically a skeleton. Oh, which one it was probably one of the ones from Jason, but <laughs> he also brought the UFO from Earth vs. Cool. Flying Saucer. Nice. And showed how the bottom spun and things. And his father was a machinist. Yep. Right. And he made that on his lathe. Oh, that's cool. He would make a lot. He would make a lot of Harryhausen's armatures and things for all that. But yeah, he definitely he made the saucers for Earth versus the Flying Saucer. The the voice yeah. that you did for the Earth versus yeah. the Flying Saucer reminds me of an episode of the Flintstones. Where there was an invasion and they the decided. The Great Kazoo? No, it was, no. Uh, they, they all looked like Fred and they would be like, <laughs> Yabba, Daba, <laughs> Do. Oh, yeah. Yabba. That is every time they talked to a Fred and there was like, you know, a hundred of them. That's um, disturbing. It was. <laughs> but, you know, it's not always sound, though. There's also light. 
That is true. And one of my favorite 50s invasion films, which actually contained what is probably the classic pulp alien look. Yes. And that would be Invasion of the Saucer Men. There with you go. Frank oh. Gorshin. Yep. And uh, yeah, at the end, uh, it's the teenagers that figure out that these things can't stand light. So they all surround them with their cars and turn on their headlights. <laughs> and they all, you know. And the funniest thing about that is uh, when the Union City drive in closed down, uh, this is uh, probably, shoot. Many, many moons yeah, ago. Yeah, 20, more than 20 years ago. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my daughter there because she'd never been to a drive-in. So, well, we got to go to a drive-in. And this one's closing <laughs> down. And they were showing on the four screens, they were showing um, Rio Bravo. Mm-hmm. And, what God, what was the other one? It was, it was like a rock and roll movie. And then they were showing I Was a Teenage Frankenstein and Invasion of Saucer Men. <laughs> so, I took her to see Invasion of Saucer Men. And at the end of the film, mm-hmm. you know, when all the kids turn on their lights Everyone in the drive-in turned their lights on, oh, their headlights, cool. and honked their horns, and yeah, the aliens disintegrated. So it was, <laughs> it was basically, you know, a whole experience. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a movie on the screen. That's cool. But uh, yeah, it's like a William, you Castle. can't do that stuff without you know, right. having something in a drive-in. That's cool. But. Um, I was thinking of a movie, you know, uh, most of the classics were in the 50s and early 60s. But I, I think it was in the 80s. There was this film called Life Force. And these aliens oh, were like boy. vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Karen <laughs> has a story. I'm sure. We, we keep letting no, Karen I, down. She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm curious, Karen, but it's cheesy. It it is extremely cheesy, but I I don't know that we've ever had like space werewolves, space Frank. Well, no, there was space Frankenstein, but space vampires. And that's basically what these things were. Instead of like biting your neck, they would just electronically suck out your life force. I thought the effects were pretty good. I, I didn't think it was too cheesy, but the story was cheesy. But um, anyway, that, that's my honorable mention. Well, that also reminds me of Frankenstein versus a space monster. There you go. Another classic. <laughs> but <laughs> you got anything you want to pull out of your uh, hat there, uh, Karen? <laughs> Any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions or disaster? <laughs> hey, I, I one man's say, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, There was a film that I had pretty much despised since I saw it. And I thought maybe I should go back because I heard somebody on another podcast talking about it and saying that how much they liked it. And I thought, well, maybe I should go back and watch it again because I, I knew I was really prejudiced against it. So I went back and I watched Starship Troopers. Oh. <laughs> and the I Robert still, Heinlein novel is great. <laughs> I See, I grew up reading, you know, the Heinlein novel. And and so when I first saw it, I was like, well, there's no armored suits. And they decided to make it this, you know, uh, spoof and, you know, put in all this kind of uh, sarcastic kind of approach. You know, it's it's totally they're trying to, to make commentary. And mm. anyway, um but, you know, people on this other show were saying, well, you know, the effects are fantastic. The bugs are great and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but you have to sit through 
this horrific acting. It's just, oh, my God, the whole thing. And I don't care that it's a spoof. It's still awful. And I want my armored suits. <laughs> um, it, it just, yeah. And the whole concept, they changed the whole concept of the bugs. Now the bugs are like pooping meteorites across <laughs> intergalactic space. I'm sorry. That's, I, as a scientist, I can't That was all that. effects by uh, Phil Tippett. And, and that, you know, and the effects are great, but it's just still a trash movie. So, and didn't they make uh, like 15 or 20 sequels to it? Oh, oh God. yeah. I think there's a zillion sequels to it, but I'm stopping at the original because it was so <laughs> god-awful bad. Um, well, that was like Val Kilmer, right? Yeah, oh, Val Kilmer. You know, Denise it Richards was a bunch was of people who basically Doogie their careers Hauser. died. Well, Michael Ironside was in it, and I guess he needed oh, some right. money for a new car or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have uh, to say my boss at work, he has the one sheet for that movie hanging in his office. <laughs> I, I like how Bob differentiates. He may beg to differ. He, he's his boss at work versus his boss at home. <laughs> I have no boss at home. Oh, okay. Except for he is the you, boss at home. Unless you count Ensign Teddy. Uh, exactly. Uh, okay. Well. Ensign, yeah, Ensign Teddy doesn't care what movie's showing as long as there's like cheese or something involved, probably. Or, or a lap to lay on. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, exactly. The simple things in life. Um, well, on that note, I would be amiss. Yes, though, yes. If I didn't touch on a couple films like The Mysterians and Battle in Outer Space, old Toho films that uh, The oh. Mysterians that came to Earth is kind of like Invaders from Mars. They're they're coming down to repopulate their planet. And they need our women to do so, and they start and it, had, it contained the. Uh, one of the coolest robots you'll see in a movie, Mogura, this giant robot that uh, they set across the countryside, and he's basically setting the whole landscape on fire. And oh. and he's only in it for a really short time, but just it's just so such a ret- cool retro robot huh. that. Uh, what did he look like? Got like a big walking refrigerator type thing, but it was in Space Godzilla, wasn't it? Yeah, well. Uh, cheapened version of it oh but, okay yeah the original version though was very cool right there and uh oh yeah so he had the, like the antenna on top of his head spin around he had a drill in his nose he had big lights in his eyes and uh yeah it was really a cool robot and then battle in outer space which actually you know when star wars came out and everyone was like oh we've never seen like dog fights in outer space before it's like well yeah it's because you haven't seen battle in outer space mm. which has an amazing dog fight at the end none of which was done with computers or any of that it was or green screen or whatever it was like you know rocket ships on wires firing another you know alien spaceships and things mm. but uh yeah definitely two very cool movies and of course you know Godzilla himself has had alien invaders in, uh, you know, the aforementioned Monster Zero and also in uh, Godzilla versus Gigan and Godzilla versus Megalon. Well, Megalon was uh, the new empire, but Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and quite a few had And Space, space Godzilla. Well, Space Godzilla was the invading alien. He didn't have, like, aliens around him or whatever, but... Still uh, an alien. Yeah, so a bunch of those. So there's my... Cool. Uh, my honorable mentions. Yeah, and I think, surprisingly, I don't believe we touched base on either 
the original War of the Worlds or the Day of the Earth Stood Still. Oh, well, I mentioned Day of the Earth Stood Still, but yeah, no, War War of the Worlds, one of my favorites. And I even liked the remake with Tom Cruise. Don't ooh me on that. It was a think what you will about Tom Cruise. Yeah, that was actually a good movie. Yeah. Until this happy ending where somehow the sun survived all of the disaster and destruction. But <laughs> well, that's yeah, a Spielberg but, movie for you. Yeah. But leading up to that, it was it was great because it was kind of, you know, from, it wasn't like, you know, a documentary of big alien invasion. It was all from his perspective and his yeah. point of view. And and when they they basically hold up with that one guy who's being real creepy to his daughter mm-hmm. and he has to basically take him in the other room and kill him. That was a pretty heavy scene. Come on, that was a good movie. I, I've only seen it once. Watch it yeah. again. Revisit it, my friend. Or revisit it. Uh, you know the and original. Put, and put your uh, Tom Cruise blinders on <laughs> while you're watching. The original. The original those ships great. are just iconic yeah. to me, and the sound that they make, and the I, I just the acting was good. Uh, um, it, it, that it's just a, it's a classic. I, I love yeah, the, that film. Those ships still, the design yeah. is just uh, it's so unique. Yeah. Well, we did a, uh, we called it the Sci-Fi X-Fest. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, Marta Kristen, who played Judy in Lost in Space on the show, or at the event. And, uh, you know, basically it was the, the theater had been doing this UFO X-Con or whatever. And I said, well, let's combine it with sci-fi and, you know, whatever. But um, so I was picking out sci-fi movies to show. And, yeah, War of the Worlds was right at the top for no other reason than I wanted to see it on the big screen. Mm. And it holds up. I mean, it's amazing on the big screen. Those effects yeah. Yeah. blow me away still. Now, so what's your take on um, Day the Earth Stood Still, Keanu Reeves? Did you like that version? Or? No. Oh, no, Jesus. No. So stick with the big <laughs> no, I like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I watched the John Wick movies and all that. But uh, yeah, I just that was just not a very good film. The original, that though. Was- you know, I mean, that was that's like the granddaddy of Klaatu, Barada, Nikto. You can't get better than that. Well, and the thing about the original is, you know, even though Klaatu is supposedly, you know, a friendly figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically making a threat. Exactly. Get your stuff together or else. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's almost like they're talking to us like we're children. And I think he says yeah, something exactly. as much. But I mean, it's, it's one of the first quote alien invasion movies but it also has this galactic view where it's like you know we have this whole council of planets and mm-hmm. thing you know all these races that are trying to welcome you into it if you are you know if you behave yourselves a federation but, of planets if you will there you go is, wow, not, is nothing in star trek yeah. original <laughs> well star trek was never supposed to be about uh, war right anyway um that's a whole nother podcast uh yeah we'll have to i know you want to do picard larry but oh well let's just just, say it's going to be contentious Um, Uh, like i said i've been kind of snoozing my way through that i don't even know if i watched the last one but in any case there's yeah, there's just so many more we could talk about, but maybe oh, we'll yeah. save it for another day, I guess. Uh, Definitely, because you know they'll never stop making alien invasion movies until the aliens actually invade us and shut down <laughs> all of our film industry. There you go. Who who says they haven't invaded us already? Oh my! Well, yeah, 
Yes, it's all disinformation, so we won't know what's really going on. Fake news. Well, that's, yeah, anyway, I digress. I'm not going to. All right, guys. Well, look, you listen to the podcast. Let us know some of your favorite episodes. Um, We'd be uh, more than happy to uh, have a little conversation on the interwebs with you. This comes to, uh, the show has come to that point where we have our... um, Sensor Sensor suite. suite. Thank you very much. (laughs) Our sensor sweep. And so for this sensor sweep, yours truly has something to share with you. Um, We're uh, into the 2020 year. But over the Christmas holiday, I was gifted a Star Trek book. And it was an encyclopedia of the um, next generation uh, basically all of these shows as well as the J.J. Abram films. And it, it has a lot of good illustrations. It reminded me of the original technical manual for those of you that uh, follow the show uh, back when it was just one show and it was uh, in reruns. So there's a lot of like different ships. There's the medical devices, the tricorders, the alien races, and it gets into the uniforms. It's, it's just packed full of, of more information than you'd ever need to know about all the different series. Um, gets into the Borg and it gets in, you know, uh, all the specifics. So I highly recommend if you get a chance to get your hands on that and um, you can maybe prevent a alien invasion from uh, hitting your neck of the woods. Because you'll have a manual to know how. That's right. And identify. (laughs) Live long and prosper. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. People of Earth, I am Ambassador Phantom from the planet Krenkor. At this moment, I am rapidly approaching your planet. You will tell me then whether you prefer to surrender or die. <laughs>